Welcome to Crab Takes in Football. This is what the Baltimore Sports Report does. I'm TK, joined by Andrew Holly. We are back for season two of our podcast covering our Baltimore Ravens. Holly, long time off. How you doing, man? I'm doing pretty well, TK. It feels good to be back at it. You know, a little, little bit of a summer break. Of course, it's still hot as balls outside, but you know, oh, here man. we go. It's, I'm ready for football weather. I'm ready for football. It's uh, it's time for a new season and what, what could turn out to be a pretty exciting season. If it doesn't cool down soon, it's still football season and, and that just feels right. So, no doubt. I mean, there's there's so much to talk about that that's been going on with the Ravens, especially with training camp starting on Thursday, the 25th. I mean, so many players to keep in mind, so many position battles. So we just want to go through, do a high level overview of, uh, you know, things that we might be interested in as fans, you know, there's going to be so many um, articles and podcasts recorded about a lot of the battles. So we want to try to go into some that may not be discussed as much. Um, so we're going to do our usual format, go through the offense, defense, and then special teams. So, I mean, well, on the offense, it all starts with Lamar Jackson. You know, how is he going to set a, settle into this new Greg Roman offense? Um, you know, really, I just feel like time will tell. I mean, he had some ups and some downs during OTAs, but, you know, the more times time he gets in this system, the more comfortable he's going to be. And right now, I'm not sure that there's too much to discuss about that other than just that. What do you think? No, I, I'm with you right there. I mean, from on a high level, you know, certainly it seems like Lamar Jackson has been doing everything you would want a second year quarterback to have done in the offseason. He spent time with a quarterback coach, working on his own, working on his mechanics. He did have at least a couple days working with uh, some of the receivers on his team, on the or on the, his team, on the Ravens. You know, for <laughs> it is for his at team. Least a few days, exactly on his team. Exactly. <laughs> there you go. Um, but you know, it, that was something every you know, everyone used to criticize Joe Flacco for that. You know, he didn't have like Camp Flacco and throw around the football to everybody. So it sounds like Lamar did at least a little bit of that in the off season. So I think, I, I think it all looks positive. I mean, it, it certainly it, it remains to be seen exactly what this great Roman offense will look like aside from obviously fairly run heavy. So uh, we'll just have to see how things develop. But I think uh, Lamar so far has at least, uh, you know, done what he's needed to do. Yeah, for sure. I mean, you know, physically speaking, it looks like he's added a few pounds uh, to his frame. You know, it seems like he's he's been making positive strides, at least physically. So that's definitely a good sign. And speaking of that run game, you know, there are or it seems like at least there are two spots up for grabs on that offensive line in front of Jackson and the running game. And, and those are center and left guard. And, you know, we have a returning starter at both positions, actually. But I just feel like at center, you know, Matt Skura is the returning starter there. Uh, he did play well once the offense moved to kind of a run-heavy scheme when Lamar took over. But, you know, is is there an opportunity to upgrade there uh, and, and have Bradley Bozeman come in and, and start there? You know, do you see that as a competition or is this Skura, is this Skura's spot to give away kind of? You know, you should let me say this. You know, I was looking over the Ravens roster, you know, prior prior to recording. And this is going to be something that's kind of stupid and and you should never read into it. But I find it interesting uh, 
that on the depth chart, Skura is listed as a guard center, and Bozeman is just straight up listed as a center now. I believe that has not always been the case, because Mm. Bozeman still has played some guard. So I find that interesting that they're now listing him, at least maybe, maybe they've always listed him as a center. I can't say that for sure now, but as a, as a random note that probably doesn't mean anything, um, you know, I found that interesting today, just looking over the roster. But you hit the nail on the head. I mean, I think, I think Bozeman, this is a huge, not, not, I mean, it's a huge camp for Skura, but I think this is really a huge camp for Bozeman because I think, you know, it's going to be, is this his third year? Let me just look back in to, I'll click on his roster spot. Um, no, I guess. I think it's his second years. year. Yeah, it's his second year this year. So here we go. I mean, that, that second, third year is such a huge year for young offensive linemen that aren't picked high, you know, to develop. And, you know, I think this, this, is, this could be Bozeman's time to shine, and I'd like to see it happen. Not that I don't like Skura, but, hey, the grass is always greener. And, and so far, I've, I've liked what I've seen from Bozeman, and he certainly has a good pedigree coming from Alabama. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I, I it really just sticks out to me, Bozeman versus the Saints. And he got hurt a couple times during, during that game. I think it was a left leg injury. And, you know, he kept just looked like he was battling back and, and coming back into the game. And, and he, he held his own uh, in his first career start that game. So that kind of just sticks out to me for some reason. And, you know, that kind of toughness on the offensive line and that kind of power that he would bring with his, you know, 6'5 frame up there, you know, just seems like something that we would want uh, to get going downhill with, you know, Mark Ingram and, and Lamar Jackson. So I think, you know, it, it, it's probably neck and neck and, and Skura kind of gets the, the benefit of the doubt right now, in my mind, at least. But, um, you know, I would like to see Bozeman kind of take over that spot and, 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 and really take it forward. Um, and then the other, the other spot that, um, that I just mentioned is that left guard spot. And, uh, you know, with with Alex Lewis being on the physically unable to perform list, uh, we just drafted Ben Powers out of Oklahoma. He's a left guard. You know, Jermaine Illuminor was taking snaps and OTAs with the first team at left guard. You know, there's a there's a big time competition there. And, and the guard right next to Ronnie Stanley is going to be pretty important. So, you know, do you have a front runner? Do you have somebody that you would like to see there? And, you know, I didn't even mention James Hurst. Yeah, I mean, I think the answer to that is is really two names. Who do I expect to be the front runner? I expect James Hurst to be the front runner. I mean, I do I expect James Hurst to necessarily start all year? No, but I do expect him to be the left guard on opening day. Um, unless, I mean, I, I guess I would have to look at this. I mean, I, I know I know Harbaugh says it's an open competition. I certainly believe him, but based off of experience, veteranosity all that kind of thing, you know, he certainly is well in the league compared to the other other people in the competition. Of course, who do I want to see win the job? I want to see Ben Powers go win the job and be the left yeah. guard for the next 10 years. So mm-hmm. that's, that's what I want to see happen, whether that's, you know, the first game or whether that's game four or five, you know, I think that remains to be seen, of, of course. But, you know, that, you know, the best case scenario for the Ravens on the offensive line I believe would be Bozeman at center and powers at guard. 
with with the other starters that have already been on the line, obviously Stanley, Yanda, and then Orlando Brown Jr. I think that would provide the Ravens with, you know, youth, some some excitement maybe in some certain positions, um, you know, both Powers and uh, Bozeman have good college pedigree. Yeah, uh, mm-hmm. so I mean, it's it you gotta you gotta think Bozeman should develop. I mean, he was a highly thought of center when we drafted him. Granted, it was in the mid rounds, but you know, he was still one of the higher rated centers in his draft class. So, I I think I think that's definitely the best case scenario, and I have a feeling you agree with me. Yeah, no, I I want Powers to go win the job, and and mostly. It's because he really fired me up with his quotes during the draft process about just like, you know, destroying his opponents. And, you know, I just really like that mentality from my offensive lineman, especially on a team that's going to be running the ball so much. It it just it just feels right. You know, so I I do want to see Powers go win that job. You know, he will be surrounded by experienced linemen, um, you know, so so I'm not necessarily too concerned about you know, too much youth on the offensive line. So, you know, and, and, and the other part that I see to it is having two very versatile offensive linemen in uh, Illuminor and Hurst coming off the bench in case of injury. You know, Hurst can play both tackle positions and both guard positions. Illuminor has played both tackle positions, and now he's lining up at guard too. So, you know, having those guys and be able to just plug in and go instead of kind of flip flopping everybody around, uh, you know, p- based on positional need and, and things like that is, is kind of a luxury uh, that the Ravens have up front. So I would like Powers to go get it and, and have uh, Hurst be kind of like a swing guy uh, wherever he's needed. But, um, you know, again, it, it's an open competition. You know, a guy that we didn't really mention is Alex Lewis, uh, you know, who's on the physically un- unable to perform list. Um, I kind of see this as the end of the road for him, maybe. Agreed. Yeah, the guy just can't stay healthy, and it's a Agreed. shame because when he did play, he's, he's a talented guy, but I'm not sure that there's room on this roster for, for somebody who might go well, down like that. I think the shoulder injuries have taken their toll. When he was a rookie and he didn't have the shoulder problems he has now, mm-hmm. um, it, it you know I'm not a doctor. I don't have any inside information, certainly on his – on his shoulder injuries, but from what I've read, it certainly sounds like they've become more of a chronic issue and, and look, they're not going to get better, Mm -hmm. you know? So it's unfortunate. It's what happens in football. Um, It's, it's a shame because as you said, he certainly was talented as a, as a rookie um, and just has never been able to recapture, you know, what he had. Um, that that first that first time he really got a chance to play for the Ravens, you know, and don't forget Matt Skura. I mean, we're talking about Bradley mm-hmm. Bozeman winning, you know, winning the center position. But Skura is a very useful offensive lineman, if not as a starter, certainly as a backup at both guard and center. You know, so that's similar to what you were saying about the other players and have their versatility. I think that also lends itself to having Skura on the bench rather than a starter because he could play guard in a pinch as well as backup Bozeman at center. So that, that's one of the reasons I looked at that and thought, hmm, when I saw the roster spot, because you figure a guy that was the starting center last year, you're just going to make him a center on the roster along with Bradley Bozeman. But whatever, like I said, I'm probably reading way too much into that. 
but I, I thought it was somewhat interesting when I looked at it. Now, on the other end of the spectrum, I think we need to look at, you know, are there any undrafted free agents on the offensive line that might surprise? You know, you've got Patrick Vahe, I think if I'm saying his name right, the rookie mm-hmm. out of Texas. You know, he's a big old dude with a good pedigree. You know, you've got uh, R.J. Prince out of North Carolina. Um, you know, he's another big old dude. So, I mean, you never know, Pat. Uh, is it Patrick McCarry? Yeah, Patrick McCarry out of Cal, uh, who's also a rookie. So, I mean, we've got some interesting, not saying they're going to be anything. They're probably just undrafted free agent camp fodder. But you never know when a player like that is going to step up and have a really good camp. And, and maybe even with a guy like Alex Lewis not making the roster, maybe somebody else, God forbid, but somebody else, you know, maybe a depth player rather than a starter, but somebody else gets hurt. And is out a few games, and that opens the door for one of these players. So it'll be it'll be fun to see if any of those guys step up. Yeah, absolutely. And you know, there's always spots on the practice squad as well. So I mean, it, it behooves these guys to kind of play out, play well, because you know, you never know how injuries are going to play out. Uh, you know, no matter no matter what your depth looks like. So you know, it's kind of it's kind of offensive line and, and corner where you know. He's never have too many of them that can play. Yeah, so no question. Yep. Yep. So then if, if we keep with our theme of moving inside out here, you know, the, the guy that kind of went forgotten uh, until he got healthy and, 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 you know, kind of made his presence felt in OTAs a little bit is Hayden Hurst. You know, you know, my guy, the man Drews, he's, you know, one of my favorite players on the team, uh, you know, with him at the tight end position, he kind of established himself as the pass catching tight end last year. And, um, uh, you know, kind of left Hayden Hurst to be forgotten about a little bit. And and I don't think that was really fair for, for Hurst because he was playing hurt. But what does he bring to this offense now that he is, you know, officially healthy and, and ready to go? He brings another weapon. I mean, that's, it, it's exciting to think we're going to have this guy on the offense, you know, hopefully healthy for the full season with Mark Andrews. I mean, our double tight end sets could be pretty freaking awesome plus you can i mean shoot he could be lining up all over this all over the place especially because he's more of that full package tight end rather than the you know mark andrews is more of that Mm -hmm. downfield threat not to say that hearst doesn't have that in him because he certainly does but he's just more of that big blocking tight end in comparison to to the manders uh, but yeah, just to have have that another big target. I mean, he was a first round pick for a reason. So let's see why we picked him in the first round. I don't think any of the fans were ever really able to see what made him a first round pick last year. So it's going to be great to hopefully see that and then, you know, see him hopefully grow in in his play with Lamar Jackson and and hopefully get that 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 same kind of connection that that Jackson has with Andrews. Yeah, I mean, you know, any South Carolina fan that I that I have spoken with is, has said like, you know, just just believe me, Hayden Hurst can play. You know, just you know, he was just hurt. Let him let him get healthy and he can play. And you know, I remember Week 17 against the Browns last year. He had you know one catch for 17 yards, but that catch was awesome. You know, he, he pulled it down and. You know, dragging tacklers, breaking tacklers, you know, Browns are just falling off of his of his body trying to bring him down. And, you know, that is the kind of presence that I think he can bring and, you know, you know, up the seam, stretching the field a little bit, but also bringing that toughness that, you know, 
a corner maybe not being may not be able to bring him down, and a safety might have some trouble, and he can outrun tight ends. You know, the, you know that kind of matchup. And problem don't that, forget that, about fullback. I mean, yeah, you know, I yeah. think it's I, you know, it, as much as it makes me cringe at times because I love players like Kyle Uzcheck, but he maybe he turns into more of a Kyle Uzcheck type of player. You know mm-hmm. that he's lining up in that H back role. You know, while you've got Andrews lining up in more of the traditional tight end spot, uh, or maybe split out, probably more likely as the tight end. But but even still, I think that's a big way that they're going to get more weapons on the field uh, for Lamar Jackson. So it it you know we'll see what happens in a few weeks once we finally get on the field to, to play our first preseason game against Jacksonville. But uh, but yeah, Hayden Hurst is definitely it's almost like having another first round pick this year. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I mean, you know, it's like the uh, the old cliche, you know, when, when you get a first round pick that's been hurt, you know, you get him back and you know, all of a sudden we have two first round picks again this year. So uh, speaking of that other first round pick, Hollywood Brown and the whiteout. I mean, I, I don't think it's fair to expect too much out of Hollywood Brown too early this year. I mean, I, I hope that he's not rushed back. You know, I, I'll be I honest with you, man. I almost I'm almost giving this. A, a redshirt year for him. I mean, yeah. I, if he does anything, I'll be happy. And that's not, I don't mean to sound pessimistic. I just would rather the Ravens were extra careful. So next year we have the same situation of saying, hey, we've got Hollywood Brown now as our second first round pick. You know, I'd, I'd, I'd rather be sitting here next year talking about the excitement of the off season of a healthy Hollywood Brown than dealing with, you know, well, is he going to come back? He looks like he's hobbled again, you know, all that kind of talk. Mm-hmm. I'd, I'd rather just let, let him get healthy and just keep the pressure off. So by that, do you mean you want him to go on IR or would well, you rather have him? Active but I wouldn't and... mind him going on pop for eight weeks or whatever yeah. it is, you know, mm-hmm. um, six weeks, I guess. Um, I certainly wouldn't mind that at all. And yeah. even if he was put on IR designated to return, I mean, that's that's fine, too. I mean, I'm not saying I don't think he should play it all this year, but, you know, I don't care about him playing in training camp and I don't care about him playing in September. Quite frankly, I just want to make sure his foot gets right. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I, I mean, rushing him back doesn't really help matters at all, I don't think. I mean, either way, I'm not sure he would be in a position to go out there and be, you know, a starting wide receiver, I guess, right now. Um, so, yeah, I, I think it, it behooves the Ravens to let him take his time and make sure he's right uh, before before getting him back into game situations. And you situations. know what? This might sound crazy, but, you know, I, I think, especially with the first— I don't, I don't know that it's necessarily going to sound crazy. This might make sense. So we've got this new offense with Greg Roman. Um, you know, obviously the first month to six weeks of the season is going to be the Ravens figuring themselves out as an offense, which is going to mean a lot of running of the football, a lot of throwing to the tight ends, probably a lot of play action to tight ends. That's going to be how we start the season. I got it. You know, you know we're mm-hmm. not going to come out throwing the football. So in some respects, putting a guy like Brown on Pup makes so much sense because then after we get established as establish ourselves as this awesome running team, then we go, oh, guess what? 
we've got this guy in our back pocket. And then Brown comes in healthy and blows the blows the top off the defense. Um, I, I part of me thinks that that kind of is a nice thing to think about for mid and late in the season is to have Brown kind of just chill in the background and then be ready to play. Yeah, I agree. I mean, and then you can kind of just take things easy on him too. Get, you yeah. Know, you know, even when he does come back, ease him into it because by that point you're going to have kind of a wide receiver rotation established and then exactly. you can kind of ease Brown into it. You know, he doesn't have to go out there and play 60 snaps, um, you know, and, and, and I think that's a really positive thing. You know, the other wideouts, you know, I think this might be another place where the undrafted free agents that you mentioned, you know, they might be able to sneak into a roster Agreed. spot here, whether it's, you know, Jalen Smith or Sean Monster or Antoine Wesley, the big guy out of Texas Tech. Um, you know, which one of those three guys or, or I guess anybody else? Do you well, feel... don't sleep on Joe Horn Jr. I mean, yeah. I, not that I know much about him as a player or any more than I know about the other players. But, you know, he's been name dropped a couple times in the offseason as someone that they've been really impressed by. So you never know. And a lot of times those undrafted free agents end up being those little, you know, slot receiver sort of guys that just know how to get open. And that appears to be, you know, Joe Horn's M.O. or Joe Horn Jr.'s M.O. rather. Uh, You know, it's going to be interesting. I think Jalen Smith is certainly an interesting player. He's a bigger body than I thought. He's 6'2". I Mm -hmm. didn't expect him to be as tall as he is. You know, certainly he has the, the, you know, rapport with Lamar Jackson. So that makes things rather interesting for him. Uh, You know, you know, the, the other players that you mentioned, too, Wesley, I mean, super big dude. Um, I, that, you never know what's going to happen if, we, if he ends up having a couple big preseason games, scoring some touchdowns with his big body, he could open some eyes. You know, and there's always the chance, too, that we don't think a guy's going to make it to the practice squad, so we figure out a way to keep him. You know, mm-hmm. and then maybe he gets cut and moved to the practice squad, like, week two. You know, with that, that can happen quite a bit. But, uh, you know, I think they're all interesting players. Absolutely. You know, and, and you're certainly right about the wide receiver position being one of those where they could make it. You know, mm-hmm. I think, and, you know, it'll also be interesting to see what Michael Floyd does. You know, I don't know that, that we should expect much. I don't think I do at all, quite frankly. I think he'll probably be one of the first cuts. But still... I mean, he could, he could somehow come back strong. Plus, Quincy Adeboyjo. I mean, yeah. he had a really good preseason last year. Unfortunately, got, got hurt. I mean, he was a guy I had a lot of excitement for. I have a, a friend who uh, was talking to me about all the Mississippi wide receivers this year with AJ Brown and DK Metcalf. Well, mm-hmm. I'll tell you what, he loved Quincy Adeboyjo as well. I mean, that was a guy that he was really excited to see sign with the Ravens because they needed receivers. So uh, so we'll see where it goes there. But I think he could also be an interesting player. Yeah, I mean, not a ton of known quantities at the wide receiver position, but a lot of a lot of talented guys there that could, you know, challenge for this roster and be playmakers. So, yeah, just a lot of. No, another side of this, too, is we've got not, not to speak over you there, but another side of this, too, is Seth Roberts. I mean, I know he's mm-hmm. a you know, free agent signing and we want him on special teams. But I, I can't say when you look at the 
the wide receivers. I mean, think about it. You've got, uh, you know, you know Marquise Brown is going to make it. So mm-hmm. that's one. You've got uh, Willie Sneed is certainly going to make it. I think Chris Moore is likely going to make it. Miles Boykin is likely going to make it. So that's four wide receivers right there. So what do you think we have? Six, maybe? I think we go six, yeah. So we based go on six based on the receivers. other spots, yeah. So I mean, unless they go and find somebody, I think at this point you'd have to go. Um, excuse me, you'd have to go with Seth Roberts, I guess, as the fifth, and then those rookie free agents battle it out for that sixth spot. So I think it. What's gonna? It's it's similar to what we were just talking about. Uh, with the tight ends and offensive linemen, you know, certainly without any injuries, I think you've got everything pretty well locked up, but you get one guy that gets hurt and some of these rookie free agents could easily jump in and, uh, and take a spot. Yeah. Again, I think there's some, some opportunities to add guys to the practice squad here. I think there's probably, some opportunities to stash guys on uh, injured reserve, you know, with some some kind of hamstring injury or, you know, something like that. You know, a, a guy like Antoine Wesley, you know, you don't, never really want to see his, you know, physical traits, you know, walk out the door. So, you know, there's some of these guys that I think they'll try to find a way to stick around, whether it's, you know, passing through waivers and adding to the practice squad or, you know, stashing them on IR and, and inviting them back next year. But, uh, yeah, I mean now one more thing to think mm-hmm. about, not to not to interrupt you again, but the, there's also returners. You know, one we gotta find a kick returner, whether it be a punt returner or a kick returner. And hey, if it's Joe Horn or say Lasley, you know, or one of these guys suddenly shows themselves as a returner for one reason or another. Now I realize I, I chose Lasley and I believe his hands are terrible. But <laughs> but, you know, that said, you know, one of these rookie free agent guys we always talk about special teams being something somebody needs to do they really got an opening if they can at all return kicks yeah yeah for sure we'll we'll get to that spot later uh when we talk about our special teams but uh yeah i mean that's certainly a different dimension to this uh that you know makes roster construction so interesting to me you know just having versatile guys that are able to play many different roles is uh is such a huge advantage to you. And, you know, you mentioned, you mentioned Seth Roberts um, special teams ability and, you know, having a first year special teams coordinator, do you value veteran special teams guys more, you know, like a Seth Roberts or a Justin Bethel who's, who's a corner, you know, do you value that more, you know, or, or do you, you know, go with some of these younger guys. So, you know, something else to think about too. That's an interesting, interesting thought. I think, uh, and, and our new uh, coordinator's name escapes me. So I apologize, but you know, he's been so involved with the, with special teams, you know, from what I understand. Um, so I'm not, I'm not, not as concerned necessarily, but that said, I, it, it's a great point. Um, you know, having those those veteran presences on defense or excuse me, special teams is is such a big, big thing, because inevitably you've got mostly young players and rookies. So that is rather important. Mm-hmm. Yep. And that's Coach Chris Horton. Um, just for for our listeners. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. No problem. So. I mean, we didn't really talk about the running backs too much. I think, you know, Mark Ingram's going to be the starter. 
And uh, I think, you know, at least in my mind, the, the Gus Edwards, Kenneth Dixon uh, position battle there is kind of interesting behind him. And Justice Hill kind of provides that home run threat. Um, do you do you have any any, you know, thoughts there that haven't been written about a thousand times or well i I don't know not not really i mean other than you know certainly i think this is a make or break year for kenneth dixon i I don't Mm -hmm. think that's a that's any kind of major statement but you know i think i think he's gonna have to prove he can be healthy in training camp and not get suspended for something stupid um you know so that's a big that's a big thing that he needs to prove, in my opinion. You know, and there's another guy, don't sleep uh, on Delance Turner. You know, yeah. he's another yeah. guy along, you know, with with Gus Edwards that really had a nice preseason last year that, you know, some people really didn't think too much about. But if, if you recall, I think we talked about him a little bit in one of yeah. our first podcasts. And, and here they are, you know, and he's still on the roster. Gus Edwards had a great year, as we know. So, so we'll see. I think that could be interesting uh, to see how he performs, and and maybe he steals a spot from Kenneth Dixon. Even though Dixon had a fantastic end of the season, mm-hmm. um, you know, I I still don't think he's safe. Yeah, yeah, I'm not sure he is either. And, and again, it goes back to his health and his dependability and his availability, I guess. So uh, yeah, that'll be interesting to watch. I think, you know, at, at least in my mind, you know, Dixon is is the more dynamic player when when uh compared to gus edwards but gus edwards kind of provides the 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 size and the power and um is is a little bit more dependable at least in my mind so maybe they'll they'll kind of lean on that uh in in the decision making but we'll see what dixon does i mean if he impresses it's going to be a tough decision for sure no doubt i mean i it's i will say this no matter what it's fun to actually have a nice stable of running backs, I think we can be fairly mm-hmm. confident in. There's nothing worse than going into a season when you're going, okay, who's our starter? What mm-hmm. do we do? I mean, let's face it, last year, you, you couldn't really go in feeling that confident about the Ravens running game. So at least this year, mm-hmm. I feel like there's depth there. You know, we, you know, I, Certainly anything can happen. You know, a, a string of injuries can hit at any moment. But I think the Ravens have at least put themselves in a, a good position to weather the the attrition in training camp. Yeah, for sure. And it, and it looks like that uncertainty has shifted back to the wide receiver group. I mean, it, it seems like that's been a constant for the Ravens' entire existence, But except for last year. And we, we were big fans of last year's wide receiver core. But again... You know, that uncertainty is there, but I think it's for a good reason this time is, is, you know, we have a ton of really talented players and, you know, which ones are we going to be able to keep on the roster rather than, oh, my God, who are we going to throw the ball to? Yeah, agreed. Yeah. So, I mean, at this point, I think let's flip it over to the defense and maybe we'll start up front and kind of move it back. And, um, you know, we'll talk about this defensive line a little bit. There's been a lot of buzz about Michael Pierce showing up a little bit overweight. Uh, but it seems like he has passed his physical now and, you know, should be ready to go for the start of camp. Uh, there is an undrafted free agent here in Gerald Willis that threatens to make this roster for sure. I mean, probably the most talented um, undrafted free agent that was brought in. Um, along this defensive line, I think depth is going to be a big thing because, you know, rotating these big guys up front is going to be such an advantage uh, for this Ravens defense. 
I agree. You know, we've got some interesting additions, as you mentioned. You know, Willis is certainly interesting. Mac is interesting. Oh, yeah. You know, it, it's some big old boys mm-hmm. up front, you know, and then you add in Wormley and Henry and, you know, it's, it's an interesting group. I like them quite a bit. You know, I'm hoping to see, see guys like, like Chris Wormley and Willie Henry really explode onto the scene more. Cause I think, especially in Willie Henry's case, you know, he's had some pretty exciting moments occasionally. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, he, of course he got hurt last year. So it's going to be great to have him back. You know, Wormley continues to, to develop. He reminds me of like a Rob Burnett kind of a yeah. you know, steady veteran defensive end. That's you're going to look up and suddenly he's been a Raven for almost 10 years, you know, kind of a player. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. You know, we'll see if that happens, but I, I, he just seems like that kind of a guy for me, not necessarily a pro bowler starter guy, but just that, you know, real solid edge setting defensive end, you know, that we always need in this defense. Uh, but yeah, you know, no matter what this defense should be deep. Uh, you know, I think it was, or defensive line, excuse me. But, you know, Michael Pierce, I think everybody was disappointed to see what happened. You know, I think the uh, Madden people should maybe take a little bit off his rating, which (laughs) I think is crazy to me that he's the second, I think he was the second highest rated Madden player. Um, So that seems kind of crazy. I mean, whatever. I mean, I I can't tell you the last time I played Madden, but that was interesting for me to, to read that. Um, yeah, this is a big year for him. I mean, he's a free agent at the end of the year. Um, he's really, you know, had a terrible offseason in that sense that he's, you know, going into his free agent year. So uh, he's going to have to he's going to have to step it up and have a monster season, um, not only for himself, but so we can get that. Uh, you know, compensation pick in the third round that we would expect to get if we don't sign him long term. So, so anyway, um, yeah, I think the the defensive line is definitely definitely deep this year. Yeah, I think I think it's a really good sign that that Pierce showed up and passed the physical and all that kind of stuff. Agreed. I think I think you know I, I think that means that the doctors are a little bit more comfortable with where he's at uh, physically. So I think I take that as a really positive sign. I think that Ravens fans are going to love Dalen Mack. And and it's because he reminds me, just like the way that his body looks, reminds me a lot of Kelly Gregg, you know, kind of that very low mm-hmm. center of gravity. He's not, you know, I think he's like 6'1", so he's not the tallest defensive yeah, six, lineman. 6'1", 340. Yeah, yeah, I mean, that's that a big a boy. Yeah, six, yeah. 6'1", 340. Jeez. I mean, just you know, think, Pierce is, Pierce is six foot 340. I yeah. mean, so we're talking about it, essentially Michael Pierce. Yeah, and now we have two of them. Yeah. So, you know, he's going to be really effective in the run game, I think. You know, he's, like I said, that low center of gravity is really going to help him out. I think Ravens fans are going to like him a lot, you know, based on what I've read about him. Um, you know, he is pretty immediately one of my favorite rookies, uh, you know, one of the ones that I'll be watching for sure. Um, so I think people are really going to like him. You mentioned Chris Wormley. I think, like you said, he's going to kind of be that steady guy. He fits in, slides right into uh, Brent Urban's spot pretty well. And, you know, how often yep. did you really hear about Brent Urban on the defense last year? But, you know, that's probably kind of a good thing. It's, it's like if you hear about him too much, it's probably for a bad reason. And 
you know, I think he kind of just sets the edge. He actually does, you know, provide some pass pressure as well, um, you know, when, when he's in there on passing down. So I think, you know, it, it'll be a it'll be a nice growing season for him, too. Uh, and I look forward to what he can do. And, and you mentioned him, Willie Henry. You know, he is kind of that last the most recent guy to provide pressure up the middle. And, you know, I'm excited to see what he can do now that now that he's back. And that's kind of been a weakness for the Ravens defense for, for quite a while now that, you know, there hasn't been interior pass rush. Um, and, and, you know, and maybe another place that it can come from is a guy who came back to Baltimore this offseason is uh, Pernell McPhee. And, and, you know, in some of these smaller defensive packages, you know, maybe he could slide inside as well and, and be a pass rusher from from the interior. And, and you know, what do you think about this pass rush? And, and maybe we'll, we'll just shift right into that. You know, a, a lot of a lot of loss, obviously, with Terrell Suggs and Zadarius Smith. And you bring down Matthew Judon, who had finally had his, you know, really good second half of the year last year and his breakout year. And um, it's just that other side that we can't figure out. Like, who do we put opposite of Judon to take some pressure off of him? Well, I think at least at first, it's certainly going to be a a combination of players. I think, mm-hmm. you know, starting out in training camp, I think you're really going to see guys like McPhee, Shane Ray, who I really yeah. think is a dark horse player. I mean, he very well, you know, just as easily he could flame out and be one of our first cuts or just get yeah. hurt and we never see him again. But there's something about Shane Ray that makes me kind of excited. It was really that low-key Raven signing that usually turns out pretty darn well. And let's face it, usually when there's a Ray in Baltimore, good <laughs> things happen. So, yeah. so we'll yeah. see where that goes. But I think I think those two players are certainly going to be be a big part of it. You know, as we've mentioned in previous podcasts, such a such a monster monster training camp for both Bowser and Timmy Williams. These guys need to step up. They need to prove themselves. This is the year to do it. They were both high enough picks that they should be developing this year. Um, so the major, major moments for them um, are going to be needed, certainly from this team. Um, you know, and certainly Jalen Ferguson. I mean, we, we have to, of course, mention him. I think eventually he's going to have to be the guy that's, you know, on the other side of, uh, of Matthew Judon. Um, but as I mentioned, I think as a whole, it's going to have to be a, a rotation. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I mean, it's not just going to be one guy that steps in and takes over. Unless, like you're hoping, Shane Ray turns out to be the player that he was supposed to be. And, you know, that would be amazing. Yeah, I mean, but, if, he can, if he can be those early years Shane Ray for the, for the Broncos, I think, you know, boom, then all bets are off. I mean, we've, we've got one of the best defenses in Ravens history, not just in football history. So, or, or anyway, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Uh, but, uh, but it could be, yeah. I mean, if, if, uh, if he, if he pops, then we're cooking, cooking with gas, but otherwise, you know, it's going to be a mix for sure. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I really am interested to see how, how Jalen Ferguson does in these preseason games. I expect him to get some early snaps uh, in, in, you know, the, some of these games just to see how he fares against, you know, first string and second string guys instead sure. of just some cleanup work in, in the second half. But 
I'm really interested to see how he translates uh, from Louisiana Tech up to uh, professional football. So, I mean, he's got all the tools. You know, you know, some critics said he doesn't have the motor. Uh, I have a feeling that that's probably going to change, especially with a coach like John Harbaugh and a defensive coordinator like Wink Martindale. Um, you know, I, I don't think that's really going to be an issue for him. But uh, no, I'm, I'm really excited to see what, what the rookies, Dalen Mack and uh, Jalen Ferguson, can do up front. Uh, the next the next battle, you know, everybody's been talking about it. You know, how do we replace C.J. Mosley? And um, it's interesting. I mean, I like it, there is a competition for that other linebacker spot. And I think just like last year, like the, the rotation between Peanut, Kenny Young and Anthony Levine, uh, we might be looking at a rotation again, except it's going to be Kenny Young, um, Chris Board, who was an undrafted free agent last year and, you know, one of the safeties. Uh, you know, that might be Anthony Devine or a guy like Deshaun Elliott. You know, how, how do you see that position playing out? And do you see the, the rotation being effective again? I do. I mean, I think, you know, everyone keeps, you know, I'm having visions of Zachary Orr when reading about Chris Board. So I'm kind of mm. excited there. I mean, and, and look, Peanut was fantastic last year. So I'm excited to see how he develops. Um, you know, Kenny Young had a great first year. I mean, so it sounds like Chris Board may have actually passed him by somewhat, you know, just based off of some of the whispers you read about. But it, it's going to be a really good competition, I think, between Board and, and Young to see who starts out next to next to Peanut. You know, as far as the rotation goes with the safeties, I think that's really where you're going to see a lot of, as you said, Levine, uh, Deshaun Elliott, uh, Clark. Um, I think there are going to be a lot of those guys that are rotated in and out, depending on um, what sort of diamond nickel packages we're playing that are going to replace that other middle linebacker. So it could, it, it could really get interesting as it usually does with the Ravens on defense. And, you know, that versatility that, that we're providing uh, Wink Martindale is, is just phenomenal. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And I, and, you know, I think I mentioned this on previous episodes, but kind of, the main thing that I see we're losing in CJ Mosley is that stability. And, uh, you know, some of that stability is because of his, his size and his ability to take on offensive linemen and then, you know, survive, I guess. But, uh, you know, peanut Kenny young and Chris board, they're all you know, like 15, 20 pounds lighter than CJ Mosley. So maybe, you know, that is something to keep an eye on. You know, are they able to shed blockers and are they able to come up and run support and, and be effective? But um, yeah, I, I, mean, okay. I agree with you. I, I mean, I think, you know, they can you all play. Worry about. Yeah. You, you got to worry mm-hmm. about it a little bit. I mean, there was a drop off last year when CJ Mosley was hurt and Peanut and uh, Kenny Young were, were playing most of the snaps. But, but, at the same time, you know, you're looking at a rookie and a guy who was getting his first chance to really play a whole lot. You know, I don't mm-hmm. think that's necessarily a fair comparison to what we'll necessarily see out of those two players this year. You know, I don't I don't want this to sound like I'm disparaging C.J. Mosley or, or have any sour grapes. I mean, it's good for him for getting that contract with the Jets. Um, I, I think not that the Ravens won't miss C.J. Mosley. Because I'm, I, I, I'm certainly positive there will be areas we will miss C.J. Mosley. I'm not as concerned about middle linebacker as I am about other parts of the team. I'm just mm-hmm. not. Now, maybe that's just 
the preseason. I'm buying into that preseason hype, you know, about Chris Board and and you know Peanut and and even not, I don't know that Kenny Young's had a lot of preseason hype yet, but still having been excited by him last year, I think you're gonna you know we're gonna get unless injuries happen. We're going to get some solid play out of the middle linebacker position. Will it be all pro? Remains to be seen, but I think it's going to yeah. be solid. And and where we're going to see the difference is in that back end that is just going to hopefully be as dominant as we think it's going to be. Yeah, absolutely. And, and let's go there now. Um, man. It is it is loaded back there, and and really it's going to be guys fighting for snaps because everybody's so good. Um, you know the corners I think will be an interesting rotation. I think it'll be probably be similar to last year in which you know Brandon Carr, Marlon Humphrey, and Jimmy Smith kind of rotate on the outside, and then you know we got guys like Tavon Young, and um, you know some of the safeties in the bigger packages uh, playing slot and and over the middle a little bit. But the, I think I think the main thing is going to be the safeties. Uh, Earl Thomas comes in, and you know if he can get back to his, you know, regular level of play, oh boy, I think quarterbacks and, and opposing offenses are in a lot of trouble. Seriously, I mean, get ready to start coming up with whatever our Legion of Boom nickname is going to be mm-hmm. with our with our DBs. Now maybe they won't lead and hopefully they lead the Ravens to a Super Bowl but I mean let's talk about I mean forget about the starters let's talk about the depth players we've got yeah Anthony Averett who who was really had a good rookie season last year Maurice mm-hmm. Kennedy who for several seasons has been you know in the excitement of the offseason and training camps you know then you've got you know Stanley Jean Baptiste who's a nice veteran backup quarterback then you know we last we uh drafted excuse me Amon Marshall you know, who, who's a well-thought-of uh, corner out of, uh, was it Stanford? That he USC. Was? No, USC, thank you. Yep. Um, so, I mean, we've got some interesting guys. Plus, you've already got Tavon Young starting at cornerback, one of the highest-paid cornerbacks in the league, and Justin Bethel, who's a fantastic special teams player. So, I mean, there's something's going to give with the DBs somewhere. I can't tell you where it's going to gonna give i mean because there are some fantastic players um that we've got as backups yeah for sure and let's not forget i mean the ravens kind of went through a turnover drought last year you know there were several games where we just weren't able to force any turnovers and i think that ended up hurting the defense uh, um just because of the time that they were on the field you know while time of possession may not be a a concern as much with the new offense you know, forcing turnovers always helps and, and you know, flipping the field and things like that and, and helping out the offense. So, you know, adding guys like Earl Thomas and having Tavon Young, who just always seems to be around the ball. I mean, he had two scoop and score touchdowns last year. You know, Earl Thomas, you know, has been forcing turnovers for his entire career. You know, Marlon Humphrey continuing to improve. improve. Uh, Jimmy Smith is a kind of being a forgotten about guy on this defense. And, and you know, we're forgetting how good he is. So, Look, the secondary is is absolutely loaded. I think you know another thing to see is like is Deshaun Elliott for real or was he just an OTA hero? You know, I think he's for real because he kind of showed this ability last year too before the injury. You know, where does he find the field? You know, somebody like that we need to have on the field to get the ball back. And 
you know the the emergence a lot of, of a lot of these players is gonna it could turn into an interesting training camp. I mean, this is completely me talking out of my rear end, but I mean, let's say somebody like Anthony Averett really balls out, you know, mm-hmm. along with along with you know all these other you know Amon you know Amon Marshall and, and you know do we end up trading a Brandon Carr? You know, do we end up you know, making a move and, and trading one of these players rather than cutting one of the younger players that we think would get traded or, or cut rather. Um, so it's going to be interesting to see where we go. I mean, I, not that I think we're going to make some trade and get some amazing players or picks back, but you know, it, it may come down to the Ravens realizing, Hey, you know, Anthony Averett is, you know, improved to the point where, you know, we're, he could start Humphrey and Smith and have him as our third corner and feel pretty good about it. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, I love Brandon Carr. So I, it's not something I want to see us do, but I'm just using that as an example of, of a who knows. You know, that's just how deep our secondary is right now. Yeah, yeah, the depth is a luxury for sure. And, and you know, like we mentioned before, you can never have too many corners. No. We, we almost have too many corners. You know, we have almost. too many corners that can play, you know. You know, so a trade may not be – out of the question here. So I don't know. There, I mean, there's People just so much mm-hmm. come calling. That's the interesting yeah. thing is with, you know, the attrition of training camp, you know, there are going to be teams out there who are, if they aren't already looking for DBs, they're one injury or a couple injuries away from needing to go out to make a move. And the Ravens will have the depth to allow for that. Uh, so, yeah. It'll be and and the same goes for the defensive line. I mm-hmm. mean, let's say guys like you know Dalen Mack and um, who's the young guy from Miami, Gerald Willis. You know, let's yeah. say those guys both have balls out camps. You know, Michael Pierce is a low dollar player that could potentially fetch a lot of, or a very high draft pick if the Ravens wanted to trade him. You know, somebody that they could move in the final year of his deal that wouldn't impact the other team much on a, you know, salary cap level. Now, granted, it's the same reason why it's great having him on the Ravens roster, mm-hmm. but that makes him all the more attractive to a team that we would we would trade him to because there wouldn't be a, a massive salary cap impact from acquiring him. Unless, of course, they signed him long term with that acquisition. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean it's 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 interesting, and I mean there's so many good players on this roster. Um, I I think nationally this team is being overlooked, which I don't think is fair, and I I think it's mostly because of the big names that left. But I I think there's some unheralded guys that are really talented that can make a big difference on this team, and uh, you know it's really going to be interesting to see you know how they battle each other in training camp and how they play in the preseason. Uh, you know, obviously the preseason games don't mean anything, but at least they're competitive reps for these guys. And uh, I don't know. I mean, obviously there's going to be a lot of, uh, you know, smoke and mirrors, uh, storylines going on and, and, you know, things being said and written that don't really mean all that much. But training camp is going to be so fun. I, I love this time of year getting ready for the season. It, it is it is going to be awesome. Yeah, I lo- always love the daily notes columns and mm-hmm. trying to figure out, Oh, who had a good day today and all that kind of stuff. Even though the day to day is so stupid to follow and get excited <laughs> about, it's still something we're all going to do. 
and oh my God, did you see Joe Horn Jr. had three touchdowns in practice, and then he's one of the first cuts. You know, I mean, yeah. it's always going to happen. Um, you know, it, it, we're all going to get excited about somebody. You know, um, there inevitably is going to be an injury. You know, there probably will be several. Hopefully it's not, to, you know, hopefully it's not the Jamal Lewis on the first day of training camp after yeah. winning the Super Bowl. Um, you know, we'll just have to cross our fingers. I think, you know, your, your comment about national, national coverage of the Ravens, I think you're totally right. I think they are being slept on. There's no question. I think they're, in a lot of respects, I think it's a valid choice for people to sleep on the Ravens. I don't agree with it personally, but I understand why they necessarily, why they might feel that way. You know, you look at um, the questions about Lamar Jackson, you look at the questions about our wide receivers, you know, I get it. You know, like you said, the the leadership that was lost on defense, it's real easy to find those reasons to poo-poo the Ravens. But as we just talked about, there are some exciting younger players that may be, or not just maybe, they absolutely are under the radar nationally that could emerge this year. And if they do emerge en masse, watch out. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So I'm going to put you on the spot a little bit here. Give me three kind of under the radar guys that you're you're definitely definitely keeping your eyes on. Hmm, that's an interesting question. Um, I think you'd have to go to our draft picks. Miles Boykin. I, I wouldn't say he's necessarily under the radar, but he hasn't been talked about a whole lot, and at least up to this point. Now maybe it's because he just signed his contract recently or what have you. I think he could be such an impactful player especially with Hollywood hopefully not starting the season on the Ravens because, as we mentioned, I want to just see us take it extremely slow, overbearingly slow to make sure he's healthy. So a guy like Miles Boykin has to step up. I think that could be really interesting. Um, you know, I think the the battle that I really – you know, Bradley Bozeman, I mean, I don't know that he's necessarily under the radar either, but he's a guy that – that I'm really excited to see along with Ben Powers. I'll kind of put them, you know, put them almost together, you know, as the two guys that I, as my second choice, because they almost go hand in hand in some respects for me. Um, and, you know, I think, I think it's Elliot, you know, on the back end on uh-huh. as a safety, I think he, as you said, last, last off season before he got hurt, he was really kind of showing off a bit. So, uh, to see how he's able to come back and and maybe position himself within that defensive backfield could be fun. How about you? Did I steal all your players? No, no. I, I you know, those are really good choices. But I had a couple guys. Um, I, I really think Dalen Mack is going to be a difference maker. You know, he's gonna he's gonna be able to step in and get some snaps from week one. Um, you know, Jalen Ferguson, not necessarily under the radar. He's a third round pick, but. You know, if he if he lives up to that sack daddy nickname, you know, you can plug and play him right away. And, you know, he's got the size, he's got the skills, um, you know, to, to both play the run and the pass. You know, I think he can be a big time contributor as well. And then um, maybe I'll pick one on the offense. Let's see. Justice Hill. What does he Good do? How does he, how does he fit in? You know, is he is he the third down guy or, or are we sticking with Ingram on third down and, and you know, respecting his 
uh, pass blocking abilities as well as his you know kind of proven track record of of converting first downs on on quick passes out of the backfield. So Justice Hill, how does he fit in? You know he you know factor on special teams. Yeah, yeah, you know that's kind of one that we skipped a little bit. He seems to have the skill set that you would want from a returner. You know he's he's you know he's got the speed, he's got the elusiveness. He doesn't have the experience though. You know I tried to look into his college. Uh, you know, game logs and things like that, and it doesn't seem like he has any uh, kick return or punt returns, which is kind of weird given his skill set. So, you know, do they even try him out at that position? And you know, maybe Cyrus Jones is he on the hot seat? You know, he hasn't. He's been. I don't he's see been how hurt. Cyrus Jones can make the team. I just don't see how. I mean, he is not a good defender in any way, shape, or form, especially when you compare him to the other players on the roster. I don't see how you keep. A Cyrus Jones over an Anthony Averett or any of the other special teams players that we talked about that were maybe on the bubble, you know, the Steph Roberts of the world, you know, I, I just do not see how it's possible. And I do think too, it, with him out of the mix, I think you also see those cornerbacks are going to be in the mix for returners because they're going to have to be. You know, outside of Cyrus Jones. So the, those guys like Anthony Averett. I believe Harbaugh even mentioned potentially using Tavon Young as mm-hmm. a return guy. So I, that's where I think we're going to start seeing some some other I- I- interesting choices. And then, you know, the dark horse to this, I mean, this is going to sound totally stupid based off what I've said previously in the podcast. But later on, midseason and late in the year, Hollywood Brown. I mean, why not? If he's only on the field for, say, 15 plays a game, get him a couple touches on special teams along with it. I don't I don't think that's a terrible idea. He's another guy with that skill set. I mean, I, you know, in my mind, a guy coming off injury and, you know, sticking him on pun returns may not be the best spot for oh, him. Oh, agreed. Like I said, yeah. I mean, based off what I said earlier, it sounds ridiculous for me to bring that up. But... If he proves himself to be healthy, I mean, that may be a way to to inject him into the team. Yeah, I mean, that's certainly his skill set, too. So, I mean, I mean, we both said it earlier. I mean, the more the more things you can do for the team, the versatility that you add, the better chance you have. And, and you know, from from what we've seen from Cyrus Jones, he seems like more of a, a return specialist. So, you know, his his spot might be up for grabs if there's somebody that can actually contribute offensively and defensively as well. So the other the other thing on, on special teams is uh, Kare Vedvik. He's coming back from his uh, his uh, accident that he had. Not accident. I, I forget exactly what happened to him. I think well, he, was, he sort of got like beat up or something. Yeah. Like, yeah, that's what it was to, like the bar with some chicks and they like roofied him or something. And he woke up like beaten up and all this stuff. It was something crazy like that. Yeah. So watch, um, watch out where you go in Baltimore, kids. It's not not as bad as they say, but don't walk around with strange people you don't know. Yeah, but it could be for sure. But I, I, I bring him up because there are some contenders out there that might be in the market for a for a kicker. And the one that immediately comes to mind is the Bears. Um, you know, they seem to be a kicker away from the Super Bowl last year. And, uh, you know, if Kari Vedvik can, can kick well enough in training camp and in the preseason, maybe he generates enough trade value uh, for the for somebody like the Bears to come get him. And, uh, you know, that's just another, you know, a, another yeah. gem that I'm, Jerry Rosberg gets pulled for us and, you know, absolutely. add a draft pick f- from it. 
You know, so. and it's always nice to have him in the back pocket. I mean, I think, you know, no matter what, you know, we have what we have in the whoopback is better than, than Vedvik. But, you know, I, I think to have, you never know when a hammy can happen. You never know when something stupid can happen with the tackle on special teams or whatever, you know, and suddenly we need, you know, a kicker or a punter. So it's, it's nice to know, at least for, for a training camp, we'll, we'll have a, a, a little bit of a, security blanket of sorts mm-hmm. well, yeah and, absolutely. and you know i don't i don't pay much let's see i mean we can get something for vedvik great you know i uh, he'll have really i mean I've, I've read some reports about some of the some of his practices that weren't that fantastic recently so mm-hmm. i mean who knows if he's able to carry some of the hype over if he is fantastic but i mean what are we going to get a six round pick i mean what at best you know what what might we get for Vedvik? I like a conditional seventh, but yeah. you know, you never know. I mean, I mean Tom, Tom Brady I was mean, a six-round pick. Yeah, I get well, it. You know? I mean, it's something. It just seems, you know, I'm not going to get my hopes up too much over, you know, what what we might get for Vedvik when, you know, we'll just have to see. Yeah, yeah, you never know, but it's always better to have that asset than just cut him. So, no doubt. Oh, I yeah. love Adam. Like I said, he's great to have in the back pocket. But I certainly would not expect him to be on the roster like he was last year. No, no, right. That's unless, that's right. Unless he decides to, you know, go hang out in weird, weird Baltimore bars again. But that, <laughs> you know, we'll, we'll just have to see yeah. what happens. Yeah, hopefully he learned his lesson from that one. But uh, any any thoughts to close out? I mean, we kind of talked about being overlooked nationally and. You know, not too much excitement about this Ravens team. I know Rich Eisen, you know, came out today and, you know, said it was the Ravens division to lose. And he kind of seems to be in the minority. And, you know, the, the Browns are getting a lot of attention. The Steelers always get a lot of attention. But uh, I don't know, man. I, I think you got to come get the banner from us. I think the Ravens have a lot of young talent. And um, it, it's still our division. I, I really feel that. I agree. And I'm happy to hear everybody, you know, talk up the Browns and act like, oh, here we go. It's the return of the dog pound and whatever. Mm-hmm. Until I see otherwise, if it's Brown, flush it down. Yep. So, you know what? Sorry, that's going to remain the case until, <laughs> as, until, as you said, they come and take it from us. So, look, if they do, more power to them. They're certainly going to be a fun team to watch this year. But F them, it's the Ravens division to win. Yeah, absolutely. So we're going to be back uh, intermittently through uh, the preseason. We'll check in after the games, you know, uh, look a little bit more in depth into, you know, how these position battles are evolving throughout um, the preseason. And uh, really, really just excited to see how it plays out. So, Holly, you want to go ahead and sign us off? Well, thanks, everybody, for listening today, and we're excited for season two of Crab Takes and Football. Thanks again for listening.